Welcome to Dr. Me First. This is my mommy's podcast. We are really glad you are listening. Welcome, sisters in medicine. It's time for Dr. Me First, a podcast all about authentic conversation between female physicians. As I'm talking with our female colleagues, I hope to bring you encouragement, inspiration, hope, and fun to your life and practice. Because there is no reason for anyone to feel alone in medicine anymore. Because now this is the community of truth speakers, lifesavers, and fierce females who are going to support one another. I'm Dr. Erin Wiseman, your colleague in medicine and coach in life. And this is episode number 28. Whoop, whoop, 28 episodes so far. I'm so excited. Did you know that currently this podcast is just about at 2,000 downloads in two and a half months? That means several hundred of us are coming together and hearing these conversations each and every time I drop episodes. When I think about that, it's just utterly amazing. And here's a shout out to all you in Texas. Right now, you are leading the market in downloads, so keep it up. But here's the thing. I need help to grow my reach. I would really love to have you seriously consider supporting this podcast by sponsoring an episode. So there's a link in the show notes to check out how to become a sponsor of a particular episode here on Dr. Me First. And with the sponsorship, they're going to be different than other podcasts. You know, other podcasts is more commercially. I would love the support and sponsorship of this podcast to be a shout out to a colleague, to spread inspiration by telling about something amazing that you're doing in your life or business or practice, sharing a silly story or joke to bring some more fun into our lives, something like that that brings encouragement, inspiration, hope, and fun. Whatever it is, I would love to partner with you to make this podcast better. So head to my website via the link in the show notes and sign up to be a sponsor of an episode just one time. Super easy, very inexpensive, and it will be totally tailored to this fun, energizing idea. So think about it, pop on over, and if you have any additional questions, just email me at erinwiseman at gmail.com. And today's episode, I am talking with Dr. Sheetal Agmani. She is a pediatrician, but as you will learn in our conversation, she's doing some amazing other work in the world of yoga. And her word today that we are going to revolve around is self-compassion. So stay tuned, listen to our conversation, and afterwards get a great kick of encouragement to move forward in your day. So here we go. Hey, it's Dr. Erin Wiseman back with Dr. Agmani. Did I say that right? Ajmani. Okay. Thank you so much. (laughs) As you know, I butcher names all the time and I'm always so gracious when guests correct me and they smile and they know that I'm just flubbing it up. So anyway, I'm going to let her introduce herself and then we will jump into her word selection. Hi everyone. Thank you, um, Dr. Wiseman for having me on here. Um, on your podcast. I'm um, so grateful and honored to be chatting with you today. And I'm Dr. Sheetal Achmani. I'm a pediatrician. Um, I'm a general pediatrician working in outpatient clinic. Um, And I also 
um, have a business called Shakti Vidya Yoga, and it started from my own need of self-care and self-love. And through it, I share the tools that helped me all through medical school and residency and through just life, relationships, and just finding balance in life. And so the main things that I share through it is tools like yoga and meditation and Ayurveda. I love it. I love it. And we were talking before the recording, and I was uh, telling you that I'm definitely a stock, a Facebook lurker on you. <laughs> um, I love hopping in on your uh, yoga videos and your explanations whenever I can catch some downtime with that. So I appreciate you. So today, your word is self-compassion. Why'd you pick that word? Ah, uh, because it's something that I can honestly say that I myself have been on such a journey with for, gosh, how long? I was thinking back earlier today of when this idea kind of first came into my life, like consciously, and actually it was in medical school. I had this neighbor in the apartment building that I was living in, and she was, um, she was probably about my mom's age, and anytime I would see her in the hallway, she would always ask me how things are going in med school. And I remember I was just telling her a story. I don't remember exactly what story it was, but something about what I was going through. It was like third or fourth year of med school. And she just said these four words to me that I'll never forget. And it was just, be kind to yourself, sheeple. And that really, really stuck with me. And I went back to that so many times since then. Um, you know, when I went into internship and residency, like I had a really hard time with it. And, and as you know, it can be so easy to compare yourself to others and, and being in, in medicine, like we were talking right before we started recording, it's like drive, 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 you know, it's, it's, we can drive ourselves to the ground. We can drive ourselves so hard. And that has definitely been the case with me and my nature. And so this idea of like, be kind to yourself, like I really had to take it to heart during residency and then, um, and honoring the fact that I was having a hard time and maybe, um, even though I didn't see other people having as hard of a time or having to ask for help, that it was okay for me to honor that within myself and that I needed to do that. It's absolutely true because we are our hardest critic. Mm -hmm. it, it's amazing. I can add a similar kind of mantra, but I love yours to be kind to yourself mm -hmm. because I mean, how many times are we beating ourselves up on the inside between our ears mm -hmm. when probably the patient said, it's fine, you're doing well, or an attending or a partner, you know, but yet we are just like, kicking the shit out of ourselves yeah. because we think we've done something wrong or like a perceived mistake. Maybe it's yeah. not even like a true mistake, but we keep like rolling it around. And I think that really contributes to the amount of anxiety that female physicians um, deal with. It's, it's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, there's also, you know, I think it's easy to kind of get stuck into this idea of thinking that we know what society wants from us or expects from us. And so then judging ourselves based on that, um, as opposed to just kind of sitting, taking a step back and really thinking about what do I want for myself in my life, you know, 
And am I living aligned with that? Right. As opposed to what society or, or someone else maybe expects me of me. And most of the time when we're thinking that, no one else really expects any of that of us. It's all what we've kind of thought up of in our own head, you yeah. know? Our own perceptions. Exactly, exactly. Or, or don't you find, too, that maybe one person a long time ago said that one thing that you keep, like, fixating back on? Right, right. And, you know, there's this, um, there's a reason for that, which I think is really cool, actually, called negativity bias, that we're hardwired as humans, we're hardwired to remember those negative things. Because in the old age, like when we were a hunter-gatherer society, like, we had to remember if we're out hunting, we had to remember if like a tiger was, you know, showed up in this certain spot where we were hunting, you know? And so we're built biologically to keep that at the forefront of our mind. But at that time, it was a life or death situation. But nowadays, we still do that because it's built into our biology. But it's more often than not, not those life or death situations that we are perceiving. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It, it's so true. I kind of use a similar analogy uh, mm -hmm. when I talk to patients. I'm mm -hmm. like, you know, there's two ways to deal with stress. You know, mm -hmm. either you attack the bear or you run from the bear <laughs> is what it feels like. Yeah. But now more we have so many other ways to deal with it. We just have to get over that initial like fight or flight that first happens and then kind of think through it like, oh, let's just walk around it, you know, or, right. or um, another one I always think of is like the kid with the hot stove, you know, that one time you touch it and then you never go back to it. You know, those, those painful experiences, they, they do hurt and we don't want to go back to them, but there's so much learning that can come from when you reapproach a situation. I can think of a lot of um, stories that I've heard from colleagues where, you know, one bad situation totally changed their trajectory in life, either medicine or, or they, um, you know, left the field and pursued something else or they're like, oh, I can't do blah, blah, blah specialty because, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. but then if you go back and think about it, I actually had that exact one. Mm -hmm. I was a, um, I think a fourth year medical student and my ER rotation just ran me into the ground. It was just, it was hard. And I remember telling my husband, I'm like, I am never doing emergency medicine and I'll be damned this <laughs> last year. That's what I've been practicing. Wow. But because I, I kind of took that fear and said, okay, I see you. I acknowledge you. However, I'm going to proceed with you. Right. And, um, found a lot of joy, found a lot of fulfillment, grew as a clinician, mm -hmm. and um, it was different. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I have to admit, those little thoughts, they were there from fourth-year medical student, Erin. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's that um, famous quote, I think from Nelson Mandela, courage is not the absence of fear, but it's um, like realizing that you have that fear and doing it anyway. I read a really great book, um, The Art of Fear by Kristen Omer. She mm. was an extreme skier, and now she's a fear expert, which that's mm. why I picked up the book. So I was like, fear expert? I want to know more about this. But she talks in that book 
um, how we can't just embrace the positive emotions and shut fear down in the basement that's nasty and wet and never visit it because then when it comes out, then it's going to be even more ferocious. And so through her book, she talks about like embracing fear and not evidently like have no fear. She's very against that mantra, but one of those like acknowledging fear, feeling fear and then moving with fear. So that was a really, really great book. If there's anybody out there who, um, cause that was a huge deal for me. There was a lot of fear in my practice that I needed to deal with. And even though she's not medical, it was a really great book. Yeah, I agree completely. You know, I, for a while I had this thought of like, I need to, you know, get over my fear of this or get rid of my fear of this. And just in the past year or so, this concept of what you're talking, exactly what you're talking about of like fear is going to be there and it's okay. And that we all have that fear. But, um, I like to use this analogy of like fear is going to be there, but I'm going to let it take the back seat and not run my life, you know, of, of just imagining like driving a car and who do I want driving the car? I want, you know, my highest self. Right. And so fear is going to be there, but I'm not going to let it run the show. You know, that's a great analogy. I love that because it's still in the car. Yeah. It's still a part of you. It's just hanging out in the car seat locked up in the back. <laughs> exactly. exactly. And I also agree wholeheartedly with what you talked about that they mentioned in the book. Of, you know, we really, this idea of like self-love and self-care really and self-compassion um, is really about, a big part of it is really about embracing all parts of ourselves. Um, and in yoga, they talk about this, and the philosophy behind yoga talks about how there's light and dark, and how all of us have all those parts of ourselves. And to really be whole and live wholeheartedly and accept and love yourself truly, um, and really that's the starting point of, of loving anyone else, like that carries over into all relationships. I mean, personal relationships, working relationships, all of it is to really look at those dark sides, look at those shadow sides and acknowledge that that's also a a part of who you are and that that's okay because that's just part of life. Yeah. And I think acknowledging too that we all have those traumas. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, and then we say trauma, I know I, I automatically jump to like huge, big things, but even mm-hmm. the little things are little like razor nicks of traumas mm-hmm. that we, we do. We kind of have to look at and, uh, um, and examine. So I love that you're doing um, yoga. And I have to say that I came into yoga from the physical aspect. I started going to a class with a friend. It was like a Sunday afternoon and it was like an inversions workshop. And I was like, how fun. I want to go do that. But I'll be perfectly honest. It hasn't been the physical part that has kept me in it. It's Mm -hmm. been the mental work behind that. So can you share a little bit? Because I know a lot of people come to yoga from the physical side, Mm -hmm. but give us a view on the rest of the spectrum of yoga. Yeah, so I agree completely. So I got into it from the physical side too, Um, which was my first year of medical school. I started taking yoga classes at the Y and I just thought it would be I wanted to try it and I thought it would balance out my running because I'd been a big runner for years in middle school. And um and I fell in love with it and I felt you're right, absolutely right. Like 
I've actually had gone through phases of my life where there were periods of time where I wasn't even practicing the physical practice. Um, but I was still a yoga student. I was still practicing yoga. And that's because yoga is actually a whole system of practices and philosophy and really a lifestyle. And that's what this word, um, Ayurveda, which I also work with, is basically a word that describes kind of the yoga lifestyle. So yoga, actually, the word actually means union. Um, it's a union of kind of your individual self with the, hi with the highest self, you know, kind of. Um, and so it's a whole philosophy and system of practices that also includes meditation. Um, breath work, um, uh, kind of practices of kind of how to live your daily life in terms of um, principles to live by, you know, living with truth, like staying true to yourself, um, practices like um, uh, uh, another practice is, is, is not lying. So, so, and I always apply these to, to the self first, like not lying to yourself. So honoring yourself, honoring your truth, you know? Um, so it's this whole world, this whole system of practices. And now through, I, when you combine this system called Ayurveda with it, which is, like I said, kind of the lifestyle practices surrounding yoga, it's actually the traditional medical system of India. It goes down goes back thousands and thousands of years but it describes kind of like the best time to wake up in the morning and the best practices to do right when you wake up in the morning um practices being um like uh drinking um lemon warm lemon water practices like meditating practices like doing some exercise and it actually describes what sort of exercises can be most helpful to use specifically um, so it's, it's something that goes far uh, deeper and broader than the physical practice. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Like I said, I 100% agree with you. And um, being a fierce female and alpha female, what I call mm -hmm. myself, uh, I am the worst at Shavasana the worst i'll be perfectly honest that that is and always has been and probably always will be the most challenging part yeah. of that practice but i think it's because at that point i can no longer do anything physical right. i have to just be still and sit with myself right. um and so i i think it's a journey that will take me a very long time <laughs> to get because yeah. i'm baby steps right now but um, I'm grateful for it. I know that it has um, been meaningful into my life and added a new richness that um, I didn't really even know existed until I just showed up to that one class and walked away with a, a different sense of fulfillment. Another way that I get that same kind of self-care and filling my cup uh, for me is just getting outside. So I love trail running and sometimes running turns into walking to be perfectly honest. <laughs> On those bad days, I was just like, ah, screw it. I'll just take a walk in the woods yeah. instead of get my mileage and time in. But I think there's really something about um, getting outside of four walls, 
Um, where I'm at in Indiana, uh, you can go and not have cell phone service reception or Wi-Fi, so your your devices pretty much die. And yeah. I think it's amazing. Yeah, I agree completely. Connecting with nature is, um, I mean, I know I know we're all we're all physicians and we've learned so much in med school, but I would say connecting with nature is the biggest healer. There's actually some studies that have come out from our psychology um, colleagues that are showing that in a week, if you can get out into nature an hour, it's actually improving um, some wellness scores, both in, I think they were studying um, grad students, which, Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that's pretty equivalent level to what we deal with. Um, But that to me just showed evidence of like, hey, yeah, we, we do probably need to do this and make a conscious effort. Yeah. I know I started, um, so I had a horrible episode, um, I wouldn't call it episode, let's call it phase in my life that I was extremely burned out. And if I could get outside during my lunch hour, if I could get patients done and get notes done and get a little bit of lunch or whatever, and just walk the block for like 10 or 15 minutes, it just seemed to make the day more tolerable. And so I think it's, it's great that hospital systems are even putting in like, I'm like ours is called like a meditative garden, but at least it's like real life plants in your outdoors and, you know, a little fountain or something, because I think it, it really is important that we have elements of nature around us and with us and natural sunlight. It's so important. I mean, in my office too, I'm so lucky that I have um, windows in my office and all of my um, patient rooms have windows and I'm on the fourth floor. So I can kind of, you know, look out. And so in between patients, I'll just look out the window at some trees, you know, I'll just look out at trees and look out at nature and just kind of take a few breaths before going in to see the next patient. And I mean, that's an example of also of, of, you know, kind of, the topic for today of like self-compassion and self-care, especially when you're in your busy day seeing patients of just kind of taking a minute to connect with nature, even if you can't go outside, you know, <laughs> look out a window, look at some trees. Um, it's so, so powerful. And, and that is what this idea of yoga and Ayurveda is, is all about. I mean, if you hear um, many of the names of yoga poses, they're based on nature, like on animals, tree pose, um, you know, camel pose, you know. So a lot of these are based on nature. And this whole system of Ayurveda, the lifestyle practices of Ayurveda, are really all about syncing your rhythm with nature's rhythm. Like, just kind of like the old times of wake up when the sun rises. When it starts to get dark, you know, start to kind of wind down to go to bed. So it's all like really intuitive things about just connecting with nature. Yeah, going off that natural circadian rhythm and that sort of thing. One of my most special moments that I can remember um, in my practice from before is I was in a patient room and had come out and it was one of those days, you know, where you just want to throw your pin up against the wall and lock your, your office door and not come out. But anyway, I came out and there was a uh, red solo cup sitting on the counter in front of the room that I had just come out of. And I was like, what is this doing here? Like, 
what did my nurse draw me? She had went outside and scooped up some snow in that solo cup just to show me like, Hey, we got snow. And like, of course I made a snowball and threw it at her, but it was just so nice to have the snow in our office. And it just changed the whole day after that. It really did. It. And I think, you know, I'm a very practical person. So like at first when my husband was like buying me flowers and sending them, I was like, what are you doing? But now I look at it differently. Like, oh, he's trying to give me a little bit of nature to come inside with. So yeah, I think it is important. So I know before I was really not, like I said, I wasn't a believer in the yuppie duppie wellness stuff. That's what Mm -hmm. I term it anyway. (laughs) And, you know, we go to CMEs and they're like, oh, you need to have more mindfulness. And, mm-hmm. you know, now they're starting to incorporate different classes, which I now love. But at the yeah. time when I was so burned out that I couldn't even see straight, that was not what I needed. You know, it was right. just, it was, it was almost like a sour taste in my mouth. So yeah. what would you say to our female physician colleague out there who's like, oh my God, guys, I don't have time to do this shit for yoga. I don't care about nature coming. What would you say to her in her moment right now? Hmm. You know, I would say, um, I would say one that it doesn't have to be something that takes a long time and it doesn't have to be something that seems kind of woo-woo. Like one of the most helpful practices, and I've been burned out too multiple times. <laughs> um, and that's what's led me to all of this. But, but I know sometimes that when you're so burned out, it can take a lot of energy to to even try anything, especially something new, and that is so seems so new and foreign to you. And I would say the one thing that I would want to offer is taking two seconds to do gratitude practice, like in those moments. Um, I honestly think that's one of the most powerful practices, just to kind of step back, and it takes less than two minutes. And just say, what can I feel grateful for in this moment? Yeah. You know, um, it's, and it's hard. It is really hard. I'll acknowledge that because um, at my deepest, darkest lows, mm-hmm. um, it was really, really hard to find yeah. something, one thing to be grateful for. But it does, if you can latch on to that, that brings hope. Mm-hmm. Because I think we get in trouble when we get hopeless, you know, when we lose all hope or when we lose that spark of life. Yeah. And I know for me in the deepest, darkest moments, my moment of gratitude was my motherhood, my children, Mm -hmm. you know, to, to not that they were easy and not that I by any means am the best mom, but just the, the act of. I got to carry their life and bring them into the world and I get to have their snuggles now and Mm -hmm. um, their little chocolate kisses, their Mm -hmm. little fingerprints all over my counter. I have to say that when everything else around me was horrible, um, those fingerprints are what kept me going. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's the power and that's the power of of gratitude because we can, we look hard enough, we can always find something. I mean, there are some days that my gratitude has just been 
I'm grateful that I have a roof over my head or I'm grateful that I'm able to, that I'm able to walk, you know, that, that I have this body that I'm able to walk and, and do my work. Um, you know, I got another one from residency when I was, uh, I was pregnant twice during residency. I'm super fertile. Um, mm -hmm. And doing family medicine, you know, we did obstetrics too. And on just one of the really bad days, you know, I was driving home. I had a pretty long commute during residency and I was taking care of a patient and she didn't know who her baby daddy was. She's pregnant like I was. And I just remember driving home and thinking, I'm, I'm grateful that I have the resources, um, that I don't have to use my own body because that's what she was doing to survive. Mm -hmm. And that my husband is my baby daddy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's so much that, that if we don't think about it or pay our attention to it, that it's so easy to take for granted. And I mean, like even the little things I, um, I just got married three months ago and, and every evening, uh, thank you. Every evening we, um, we actually have an index card that we put in a frame on our dinner table of like a couple questions that we, a couple things that we go through every evening before we start to eat dinner. And one of it's gratitude. One of it's what, what's, what are we grateful for today? Another is what do we love? What did we love about today? And what today brought us joy? Um, and so that, you know, that's a way that we've kind of brought it into our, our life together, which is really cool and really special. And, um, I can tell you, I mean, the one moment that, that sticks in my head of during residency when I was at probably my lowest low, my first year of residency, um, was, you know, in pediatrics, getting called into deliveries, you know, in the middle of the night. And I remember just looking into the baby's eye, you know, after the baby's eyes, after they came out and, you know cleaning them off and then everything and and just thinking how amazing it is that I get to you know this it's like the first time that the baby opens their eyes and they see me and I'm cleaning them and I just just imagining like the things that we witness in our day-to-day -day, um, at work it's really unique. It's really special. And it's not something that everyone gets to see. And I think it's really hard. And I am guilty of it too, even now, even to this day of some of often taking that for granted and, and not realizing just how special and unique that is. But I try to do this gratitude practice to bring that back to know, you know, that to be a part of people's lives in this way is really, really special. And that moment, I'll never forget it because it was one of my lowest lows and, 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 you know, in the middle of the night and, and I had to find something to be grateful for. And I just looked into this baby's eyes and it was just like, this is so special. Welcome to this world, dear soul, you know, and I'm not a mama yet. And so, um, so I haven't had that experience. And so for me, you know, going into these deliveries and, and experiencing that was just so, so powerful and it's something I'll never forget. Yeah. And still when I see patients in clinic, I just, you know, the little ones, I just look in their eyes and I'm just like, you know, what did your soul enter into this world? Right. Yeah. 
And I think that's what really speaks so much truth is that when we do get burned out, when we do get hard, um, I know I forgot that. You know, I, I you're right. Uh, we do get to be in some of the most tender and raw moments in other people's lives. And um, because of our work environment, you know, we get cold. And so mm-hmm. I, I just hope a blessing on everybody who's listening today is to crack your shell a little bit, feel the feels. Yeah. And, um, and, and be gra- gracious and, and be grateful for even though it's really hard that you get to do what you do today. Well, this has been an amazing conversation. I hope our listeners got as much out of it as I did. If they are just loving what you're saying and what you're about, where can they go find more about you? Sure. They can come visit my website. It's ShaktiVidyaYoga.com. And I'm also on Facebook and Instagram on the same name, Shakti Vidya Yoga. Perfect. And we will get that in the show notes. um, So you guys have a direct link to that. Well, thank you so much today. And I cannot wait to share this with all our listeners. Thank you so much for Dr. Agmani coming on and speaking today. Gosh, just a lot of really good nuggets in that. But what I want to talk specifically about today in this kick of encouragement um, was what she talked on with that being kind to yourself and uh, how we mentioned so many times we beat ourselves up in our own mind. So in the coaching world, they talk about this as an inner critic. And there's a lot of work around quieting the inner critic. I, I just think of it as that voice in your head. And, you know, we all have had it over the last couple of years. Either we're caring for a patient or just something shitty happens in our lives. And we reach a point where we throw our hands in the air and we place our hands on our, our head on our hands and we think, what in the F am I doing? And I just want to put it out there for you to remember to check those negative thoughts as they filter through. Because there'll be things like, see, I told you you weren't good enough. Or, see, you didn't study enough. You're not smart enough. Or, you're not strong enough for this or prepared enough for this. So I want you to take a minute, take a breath, and repeat after me. I am a good doctor. I am prepared. I am human. And I am enough. And take another deep breath. And let it out. So let's say it again. Big breath in. I am a good doctor. I am prepared. I am human. I am enough. (sighs) After you've said this, sometimes it takes multiple times. Then you have to ask your questions in a more positive way. Like when something's not going good. You know, who should I ask for help? Do I need to go reassess a patient or reassess a situation? But just check that negativity and remember to talk to yourself as though you're talking to your child or your favorite dog or your cat or your best friend who comes to you with a similar situation. If you can start thinking about talking to yourself as though you were talking to that person and treating yourself with kindness, it will absolutely shift your mind frame and it'll be one that's like a dark stormy cloud to a beautiful wide open sky so remember you are a good doctor 
you are absolutely prepared. You are certainly human and going to feel thoughts and emotions and experiences, but all in all, you are enough. <laughs>